You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church. My name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road. I am joined today by Matt Groon and Mark Christensen, and this is our Monday Hear and Obey episode where we are talking about the passage of Scripture that was preached on Sunday. And this week we are in Exodus chapter 20. Still, we've been here for several weeks now. We are working our way slowly through the Ten Commandments, and Logan Thune preached uh, on the fourth commandment, which is Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. So I'm going to read this and then um, talk through our observations on the text. Uh, our aim is to hear what it is that God is saying to us in Scripture, what He's revealing about Himself, um, and then to be affected by that, to be changed by God's Word. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is God's word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would cause us to know you and to delight to walk in your ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Fourth commandment, the Sabbath. We'll just start with observations on the text, things that you notice, things that stand out. I think it's, uh, I think it's Kevin DeYoung in his book on the Ten Commandments that he opens the chapter on this fourth commandment with just a short phrase that said, this commandment is confusing. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's an honest <laughs> assessment because we look at the Ten Commandments and we see them as these you know, written in stone words, ten words from God to the people. And then to the New Testament, we know that Jesus summarized this law that we are to do. We are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves, which is the summary of the Ten Commandments. So we know that we're supposed to obey this law. It still applies to us because of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and yet we read it and we think, well, why, why, why don't we rest on the sixth day like like the jews did or, or why do we do it the way we do it and is it when it's what does it mean by work and how mm. come mm. Well, let's define work like all of a sudden questions arise questions arise and mm. man when it comes to laws um i think people are hunting for clarity or mm-hmm. hunting for tell me what i can do and what i can't do yeah where is the list and i think what logan did so well for us yesterday as he preached it was exposited and opened up the text to us in a way that didn't just give us do's and don'ts, mm. but in a way that, because to obey such a way is to obey out of a motivation of duty. Yeah. Um, I have to do it. Just tell me what I have to do. Rather showed us, no, actually the Sabbath, this fourth commandment, um, as it's fulfilled and expanded and reframed mm. and recreated in Christ um, for us is for our good. Yeah. Um, so that was, that, that's just a first opening shot um it kind of you know we think that we take that first command the, the command the positive command this is the first right. one has the both a positive and a negative command right mm. what is the positive command to remember the sabbath and to keep it holy that that's what we're called to do one author i actually was supposed to preach this day so i did a <laughs> lot of research before i found out that a lot of situation came yeah. up anyway logan graciously jumped in but i had a whole 
docket. One of the authors that I was reading, he, he defined it, honoring the Sabbath means resting or that, that word Sabbath, that resting, that ceasing, that mm. abstaining from normal vocational labor. Mm. Essentially, not business as usual. Something mm. changes. There's a, there's a shift that needs yeah. to take place. Um, it's also the first command that, or this is a command that was clearly given before Mount yeah. Sinai. Yeah. Um, back in uh, Exodus 16, which was a text we, we preached a few months ago or maybe weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, about the Sabbath, this seventh day. So it was in the rotation of the manna from heaven. There will mm-hmm. be a seventh day, a Sabbath that you don't go and don't gather. gather. And on, on the day before the sixth, I will provide a double portion. Mm-hmm. So this concept of Sabbath rest had, had been in the minds that this wasn't the first time yeah. mm-hmm. they had heard it. That even yeah. struck me yesterday when Logan was preaching this and he goes back, you know, right. his first section was... God's rest, and he shows mm-hmm. how here in Exodus 20, you know, this is one of those observations. Verse 11 is the, the logic, the rationale for the entire thing, and it begins for or because mm-hmm. in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all mm-hmm. that's in them rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. So when Logan took us back to Genesis 2, the seventh day, God rested. God blessed the seventh day. Mm-hmm. He sets it apart. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you can go back to Exodus 16, but then you actually go all the way back. I like how Logan said, all good theology begins in, yes, in Genesis, yes it does. all the way back to the seventh day of creation. Um, and so that idea that you know, it's one thing to take a commandment like um, the sixth commandment, the prohibition of murder, or the eighth commandment, the prohibition of stealing. And, and you'll hear people today say things like, well, did we really need God to speak to Moses on Mount Sinai to know murder is wrong or stealing is wrong? You know, and people make the point like, this is just common sense. Everybody knows that. We don't need God to tell us that. Atheists make this kind of argument. Right. It's interesting that even this is one of those, like, this wasn't a new mm-hmm. revelation from heaven. This was a creational ordinance. This right. was one of built the, into creation. One of the earliest things we see. And here, when you get to Exodus 20, this is the longest exposition of a command here. Mm. Um, so I thought it was just important to see how it's not just rooted here. It's not new here. God's not giving us something new, but he's taking us all the way back to the beginning mm-hmm. when God worked yeah. and then he rested. We're supposed to be like God yeah. in that yeah. way. In the second giving of the law in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 5, um, this command is reiterated almost verbatim. Um, but the only addition in that Deuteronomy 5 giving is that it's anchored not just, it's no longer anchored in the creation realities, but in their redemption right. from mm-hmm. Israel. So. Uh, one author said, I'm not sure that they are all that different talking about the two, but both call, both call the faithful to rest on the seventh day because of some beautiful work of God. Mm. That beautiful work of God is bringing something into existence that did not exist before his cosmos and his covenant chosen. Mm. So there's this on this seventh day, I think Logan did a helpful thing of like that. It it didn't say the last day Mm -hmm. or the first day of the week but rather a seventh day. Six you labor, one is off. That is rooted in not only the creation reality, as Ryan, you just referenced, Mm -hmm. because yes, all good theology does begin in Genesis and then is extrapolated as we go on, but also in God's creating and his recreating Mm -hmm. works, namely in salvation. Um, And that begins to make sense for us as we look to the New Testament Mm -hmm. and what Jesus did to the Sabbath laws. Right. Um, Because didn't, did Jesus break the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was seen in Matthew 20 with his disciples eating. They were picking off the heads of the wheat things and mm-hmm. the Pharisees freak out because they're working. And, and Jesus makes clear, no, is not, are we called to not do good 
on the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Is that what the Sabbath? We're supposed to rest from even that? Yeah. Clearly that's not the case. So something, because of Jesus, we have to admit that something has changed. Mm. The questions now, or the, the questions now are being asked is, what has changed? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we just need to be aware of the two ditches. Um, there's overzealousness about Sabbath convictions on one end <laughs> and apathy on the other. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we just need to recognize that there is a, we're walking a, a, a narrow path with yeah. ditches on both sides. Yeah. And I think one of the things that guards us against either of those ditches is beginning with you know the the logic of this text and and mm-hmm. that was in Logan's structure the very first thing was calling our attention to God's own rest and that observation that in this commandment God is inviting his people to imitate him i i just think that reframes everything because you have in the first commandments um God's passion for his exclusive glory the worship mm-hmm. of his people um, no images, honor his name. And, and then in this commandment that God is inviting us to imitate him, yeah. um, to be like him because he himself rested from his work. And then he's graciously giving us, welcoming us into that. I, one of the things that so affected me that I had not really thought of, even though it's right there in the text, um, Mark, you were making the point, this is kind of the, the longest one. If you just skim through Exodus 20, you notice this one, space-wise takes up a lot of space in the text. Uh, and a lot of that is taken up with, um, on it, you shall not do any work. You or your son right. or your daughter yeah. or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock <laughs> or the sojourner, the foreigner who's mm-hmm. among you. Right. That, that's the bulk of it right in the middle is just being clear. This is anybody and everybody. And, and that point that Logan made that um, there are people who, maybe can't even afford leisure. You know, if, if you are wealthy and, and you can afford to not work, go on vacations and whatever, this wouldn't even cross your mind. But if you can't afford a day off, here is a gracious gift from God saying, I rested right. on the seventh day. Yeah. I want every one of my people, right. from the, the greatest to the least, and your animals, yeah. <laughs> and the foreigner to rest like I rest. And something that's been made clear in these first four commandments is God has leveled the playing field for everyone. Um, everyone has um, not taken his name um, yeah, or not made much of his name uh, as we ought. Uh, everyone has failed in um, making images or making um, what they think God is like, uh, worshiping that, the creature, rather than the creator. And even here, like you said, um, the sojourner, the slave, the the child, the parents, like all of them are laid um, flat before God. Yeah. Something we've been reflecting on in our huddle uh, just week after week is how gracious of God to level the playing field mm-hmm. so we don't end up with this um, bitterness or envy mm-hmm. uh, towards one another, but we're all standing yeah. level, level playing around. field yeah. and that, uh, before God. That sweepiness that you are describing, Ryan, in the text of, it applies to all people and especially what's given there are these hierarchies. Um, you and your servants and your, there's this sense of this um, top down, if you will. But also it, what it gets to is we want to control our time and our resources. Yeah. We want to have mastery over those things. And we, especially as Americans, we want to be as, an, as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. And Autonomous and efficient. That's right. And the, the fourth commandment, forces mm. 
that down. It, it, you know, it, it explains why the, the Sabbath was mentioned back in the manna situation because God was doing the very same, same thing there. You guys want to control your appetites, your yeah. what, what's given and where it comes. Well, I'm going to force a weekly yeah. rest. I'm going to force a weekly dependence There will not on be me. any that day That's right. if you get up and go check. That's right. So uh, I, I was, there was a, another author who said, every Sabbath day, the Israelites renounced his autonomy over his time and affirms God's dominion over him. Mm. Keeping the Sabbath then is an acceptance of the sovereignty of God. In it, we say, we trust you. We trust you to care for us. We trust for you to provide for us. We trust you to do what you've said you will do by blessing us on this day. Um, and that really kind of speaks to, I think, uh, the, the overzealous among us and also the apathetic among us uh, uh, in regard to things like the law in general and particularly the fourth commandment because it, it really does say, do we believe that or not? Do we trust that God is good and that his, his way is good? Do we agree with David that his, his law is perfect, reviving the soul? How can a law be perfect? That's Psalm 19. Mm. And yet it is. And so this law of says, no, you will rest and I will bless you. I will revive. Is a rest, is a, a trusting in the sovereignty yeah. of God. It reminds me of Psalm 23 where it says, you know, I am, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. The, the sheep are, dumb, are too dumb to know when to lie down. <laughs> so mm. he forces them to lie down and he doesn't make them lie down in the valley. He doesn't make them lie yeah. down just wherever. He puts them in quiet by quiet waters in in broad places in green pastures in green, that's right this the shire-esque yeah. place um but well, it, it is amazing how um it is a command but you, the other ones are requiring um hmm. you know lots of you shall not you shall not you shall not Th- this one um you, know, you shall not work <laughs> Just imagine a bunch of employees showing up and the boss saying, hey, things are so good. I'm going to give you a paid day off. Yeah. Go home. And who's going to say, how dare you? <laughs> you know, no, I don't want that. Like, we, we love holidays, right? Doesn't everybody love a, a paid holiday where you, you have nothing to do, no obligations, just feast, celebrate, time with family. And here God is building into weekly structure here is a, a weekly holiday. Do nothing but worship and, and rest. And it, so it's, it's interesting that our reaction to that does tend to be like, you mean you want me to have a, have a holiday? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, it's a gracious gift from God. And the point of that, that gracious gift, that holiday is not that we would just lounge on the couch yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, it's meant to be. Um, resting, doing things that give rest, but ultimately it's meant for us to be looking to Christ. Um, And so that's what we do as Christians, uh, celebrating every Sunday morning uh, what the Lord has done, um, singing together, hearing the word together, praying together. Uh, Logan brought us to Matthew 11 at the end of his sermon. uh, Jesus' famous words, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And often I feel like we end the verse there, Mm. but then the next three words, take my yoke upon you, mm. which is labor. Mm. Uh, that's a, it's a yoke that's put on an animal and they're plowing a field. Yeah. And so we're meant to take this 
and live it out. We're meant mm. to um, obey. Mm. We're meant to work at finding rest in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the end, it's, that's why we obey the fourth commandment is because mm. Jesus said, I will give you rest. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. like you said earlier, Matt. It's, it, it's also a, by obeying the fourth commandment, we are intrinsically obeying the other commandments, especially the, the first mm. and second commandments of mm. keeping his name uh, holy and mm. not profaning it. Like, imagine how weird this would have been to the watching nations. Oh, yeah. Imagine how, I mean, we don't have to imagine. We know how weird it is that Chick-fil-A doesn't yeah. serve their delicious chicken sandwiches on Sunday. Yeah. Right? And Every other this, fast food restaurant is open. And it's funny how the only time I'm really craving Chick-fil-A yeah. is on <laughs> Sunday. A Sunday. Yeah. yeah. But oh, inconvenient. There is a... I mean, how well known are they for that reality? I mean, it's on there. Every signage is Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays, <laughs> right? There's a, there's, an, um, there's a story to be told mm. there. Why? And I, I was just uh, was in, in that research, I was looking at, I was looking at this, this obscure, uh, maybe you could call it obscure, obscure passage in Ezra, Ezra 20, where um, Ezra's talking about the, the, the nation that's rebelled. And then it says, uh, but I, this is God, I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them by bringing them up out of the land of Egypt. That's that salvation. So I led them to the land of e- out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and made known to them my rules by which if a person does them, he shall live. And moreover, I gave them my Sabbath mm. as a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord. And then this phrase, who sanctifies them. There is a redemptive work going on. There's this whole, this, that's what he means by it. It'll be, keep it holy, keep it sanctus, the, the yeah. Latin of sanctify, yeah. to, to keep apart. it set apart because in it, you proclaim the name yeah. of God to the watching world. A day devoted to God. Yeah. Yeah, to honoring God. I, and I think at the root, when you bring up Exodus 16 and collecting manna, that, that really helps us see why it, this is a matter of faith. Yeah. Trusting mm-hmm. God enough to not work. Because I think that is the question that comes up. Like, well, here's another day that I could have more, make more, secure myself more. And, and so it becomes ultimately like every question or every command from God, it's a question of trust and obedience. Yes. Do I trust God enough to walk in his ways? Or do I think, my way would be better. Yeah. And, and this is made clear in, in Leviticus 25. So this principle of weeks and um, a seventh being a restful thing mm. extends to years. So God had built in, you know, work for six years and every seventh year they're supposed to give the land a rest and not mm. farm that whole seventh year. Yeah. And then every seven sevens, so 49 years, and then the 50th year was to be a, a year of jubilee. God anticipates this question in Leviticus 25 um, when uh, verse 20, it says, if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? If we may not sow or gather in our crop, I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year so that it will produce a crop sufficient for three years. Mm. So when you sow in the eighth year, you will still be eating some of the old crop. You shall eat the old until the ninth year when its crop arrives. God is saying, I'm, I will, bl- I will bless you more in those six years if you will trust me and, and take a break for that whole seventh year. Yeah. I, w- I will so bless you in six that you'll have more than en- enough and it will be more than you would have if you worked year after year after year after year. Yeah. And I, I think the same is, you know, we see that with, with the manna. God is saying, I can give you more than enough 
in six days mm. so you can trust me on a day off. And we think, well, I need to take all these matters into my own hands yeah. to secure myself. Yeah. So it, it, at the root, it really is a matter of trusting in and resting in God, yeah. um, who's graciously saying, I want you to rest. Right. <laughs> I want you to and seeing, focus on me. And seeing these commands for what they are, which are gifts of grace. I mean, these are gifts of grace from God to us, to his people. Yeah. And as first John says, his commands are not burdensome. Mm. They're not meant to be these weights among, on your neck to, to be. no, that, that, that yeah. promise coupled with Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and I will give you rest. The seventh day, the, the Lord's day, and Logan, I think, made a great case for why we do it on the on the mm-hmm. on Sunday and not on Saturday, which you know we won't. I don't think we have to go into all the details, but the Lord's Day is a chance to rest in. It's a get that we have a weekly opportunity to rest in Christ in the in all of our striving, all of our attempts to right. to to prove ourselves and to yeah. and to provide for ourselves and to provide for our families. And all, all of that comes to a head every Sunday where we get to gather as the body of Christ and to sing. Man, I thought this yesterday, mm. we, the, the singing it, it was wasn't just, just me. No, it wasn't just you. It, I was just struck it, and affected by yes. how good it is to sing with the people. Oh my, that's right. And so to, to sing things like praise his name yes, and to, to sing things like come and dance all mm. who are weary. And, mm. and that is a highlight. I mean, that yeah. really is. And the fact that we get to do that and not have to wait a year, it's not an annual thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a weekly yeah. opportunity where we get to sit under the word of God, to hear from him, to gather as the body, to encourage one another, and to just rest yeah. in Christ. That is and, not a burden. And how thing. amazing, like Logan pointed out in his introduction, all of our other calendar markers, months and years, days, um, are all related to the sun and the moon. Right. The week has no correlation yeah. to anything going on mm-hmm. in the heavens it's just correlated to god's right. pattern in, in creation I, i've heard that um during the french revolution because there was a rejection of the church and the bible and a push right. toward you know rationalism they wanted to scrap a seven-day week which is such a reminder of you know religion and creation and mm-hmm. god and they wanted to go to well if we're gonna have a base 10 counting system we should have a 10-day week so they tried going to a 10-day week and it absolutely did not work yeah. people like that rhythm just didn't work for people which is amazing as they so, gather in the year of our lord 18 yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> right. yeah i you know what isaiah 58 is another passage to me that, because as we're talking about like it's a grace from god this is not a burdensome mm-hmm. obligation which primarily i think is where our minds can go when we think yeah. about okay so what is the list of all the things i can and can't do on the sabbath which is to think about it in the wrong way to approach it in the wrong way rather than this is a gift from God. Receive it as a joy. Isaiah 58, God says to his people, verses 13 and 14, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that line there, if you call the Sabbath a delight, um, I've just found uh, Kevin DeYoung in his chapter on the fourth commandment, he tells the story that in college, he and his roommate decided they wanted to honor 
the Lord's Day as a day for rest and worship. And so he resolved he would not do any homework on Sundays anymore. No studying for tests, no paper writing, which meant he had to do all that before Sunday came around. So he was extra busy Friday night, Saturday. He said sometimes it meant not watching the college football game. But so that could sound to a lot of people like drudgery and duty and Mm -hmm. legalism. His own personal testimony is Sundays became his absolute favorite day Mm -hmm. of the week. I mean, can you imagine a day as a college student where you have you have no work to do because you did it all already? Yeah, yeah, he said it was a day to, you know, just focus on the Lord, read a book, go for a walk, whatever. I've kind of come into a practice like that, just, you know, maybe shifting into application here. Um, There was a time in my life when I would have scoffed at people who didn't mow their lawn on Sunday thinking, well, they must be legalists. The only reason you wouldn't do that is because you're legalistically trying to keep the Sabbath and, you know, what's wrong with you. I'm so free in Christ that I can mow my lawn on Sunday. Sure. Maybe. Um, Personally, I've stopped mowing my lawn on Sunday. I want to get it done on Saturday or do it another time in the week. I'm I'm just Sunday. I'm not going to do that. And believe it or not, I love Sunday even more for that as, you know, as I put in place these protections, not out of a legalistic sense of, well, here's my list of all the things I'm not going to do, but more just a commitment. I'm, I'm going to guard this day um, for my heart, my mind focused on the Lord, time Mm -hmm. with family, time of rest. It just grows sweeter and sweeter. Like we love holidays. We we love the Lord's day. And so I I just, that would be um, my encouragement to not come at it from the angle of, okay, well, what are the things I can and can't do, but well, if, if this is a day God wants me to enjoy, yeah. <laughs> how can I get yeah. the most out of it? That's good. Eager to, to receive that blessing. Yeah. Puritan Thomas Watson called it the market day of the soul, mm. uh, which I love. And I think then we could be tempted to think of Sunday is going to be great. The other six days are going to be yeah. awful. They're going <laughs> to suck. Um, later on, Logan shared a Watson quote at length in his sermon yesterday. And, um, talked about, you know, the first six days are focused here on earth, the last on heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first are the wheat and the last is the pearl, mm. which when you listen to that, the six are grace too. It's all grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, people need wheat, people need food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so God worked and that, that was a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So we, we don't have to just view Sunday as this great day and the rest of the week is not so great, yeah, yeah. but we get to see just Sunday as this elevated joy that we get to yeah. have yeah. Um, as Christians with our families, with our friends, with our yeah. community. Yeah. Um, and, and aren't holidays, you ever have that thought after a vacation or whatever, you're kind of, it's a relief to go back to work. Mm. Like, okay, I'm, I'm thankful that not every day is like that. It's, yeah. it's good to have structure. It's good to have routine. In fact, it's, hard work on the other six days that makes a day of rest a sweet thing. Right. If every day was a slack day, <laughs> you, you would start to go crazy. I mean, we were made to be productive. And yeah. so in some senses, it's motivation. Then as you're refreshed, rejuvenated, you go back into your work, renewed in the Lord mm. to work hard and you work hard so that when you come to the Lord's day, it's even sweeter. And then you come out of that day going back to work hard and it's this, this cycle, like a, a rhythm God has given us for life. So I think Logan's title summarizes it well. Mm. Arrest remains, um, which I think is just packed. And he gets that from, from Hebrews 4, uh, verse 9, where he says, or Paul, or Paul, I say Paul, but that's just a hot take. <laughs> the author of Hebrews says, 
So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works mm. and God did, as God did from his, from his. And that's right yeah. preceding. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Mm. We hold fast to our confession. And then down at 16, the famous, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help yeah. in time of need. So our resting is not just a putting down your swords and standing still. Right. It's a resting in, in Christ. the conquering king who has yeah. gone through it all. Mm. And now we have access to the Father. So mm. we are able now to rest because we yeah. have Christ. And I think delighting in the Lord's day is just such a practical way to live that out. Yeah. That our rest in Christ is not merely some abstract thing. I tell myself in my head, I have rest in Christ, mm. but I have a weekly rhythm God has given me where I experience that in a profound way. I'm able to enflesh it on the yeah. Lord's day. Yeah. I mean, just that line, a, a rest remains for God's people oftentimes is taken <clears throat> completely the opposite direction there's no more rest because christ came now you know we rest in him so we don't have any other rest mm-hmm. right? which is <laughs> actually backwards like yeah. no we so so we do rest because we have rest in christ mm-hmm. that is it's grounded creation was the first grounding exodus from egypt was the second grounding in deuteronomy christ is the ultimate yes. grounding of of our rest mm-hmm. and he in a sense is resting now he yeah. has finished Sat his work down. he ascended to heaven he sat down at the right hand of God, the father almighty, and is putting the enemies, all of his enemies under his feet mm. and is, is not working hard to do it. Yeah. What a <laughs> it's joy. It's been done. Yeah. Mm. What a gift. What a, what a sweet day.